0: Teacher, what that? is that? Don't think. Speak. You are now listening to the Bishop
1: Broncos. Bishop Broncos. You're not to learn. Try, 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 try with me. It's my own secret technique.
0: The sounds up loud to attract attention. Armor tires on a lowered suspension. Uh eh, 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 uh. Yeah. That's right, boy. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Yo, thank you for listening to FarsideTV.com. You are locked into Side Life Radio. I'm your host, Adisa the Bishop, aka the Black Dragon of the West Side, aka Zeto. E.G., A.K.A. the South Bay Shogun. Know what I mean, A.K.A. the Iron Hook Assassin, 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 A.K.A. The black Cortez killer. Nobody's triller than me, boys and girls. That's right. Welcome to my world. This is the Bishop Chronicles. Bishop Chronicles is the world's first podcast giving you West Coast perspectives on hip hop, MMA and health and fitness trends. Understand that ain't nobody out there lacing your cranium with this here vibranium like uno, no, that's me. You know what I mean? A decent, a bishop. So you can be down now or you can bow down later because the West Coast OGs, we stay greater. You know what I mean? So thank you for tuning in today. I hope you're having a fantastic day and I hope your day turns into a blessed week. You know what I mean? Um, For the new listeners. And the show is growing. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Shout out. Shout out. Salute. Salute. You know what I mean? If this is your first time listening to the Bishop Chronicles, understand this may not be the best thing. A show enough is the West thing. The West thing.
1: The West thing.
0: The West thing. Yeah, do it. Uh, so, yeah, what I want to tell you is before we get cracking, this is going to be a crazy episode. I need you to stay in tune with your boy. Sometimes I start talking fast when I get excited. Um, I need you to stay in tune. I need you to stay locked in. I need you to walk with the OG. When I tell you that, I mean I need you to focus, right? Walk with the OG, okay? Um, Before we get into this show, I'm going to need you to go to Spotify, iTunes, or Mixcloud. Hit that subscribe button and leave a comment. Saying, you know what? This is a dope show. I appreciate the wisdom. Yo, you know what I mean? Funny. You know what I mean? Insightful. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So do it, all right? Um, Because we need it. Me and Mike need that, and we appreciate you. The show is growing. You know what I mean? Every week, a little extra. Sprinkles. Sprinkling. I, I got my fingers like I'm sprinkling salt on something. You know what I mean? Uh, Let's make it Sugar. Sugar because I'm addicted, sprinkles, you know what I mean, um, but yeah, you know, every week we got some new people on deck, got some new people reaching out, they got some new people hitting me up on IG at real hip-hop chess, real hip-hop chess, hit me there, you know what I mean, and I'll hit you back, um, and it'll be good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I'm really juiced that you're here. I appreciate you passing the show on. Every show, I encourage you to send one person you know the show. It doesn't even have to be this one. It could be last week's, which was hella lit, talking about Crone Gracie and, like, the fate of BJJ with my homeboy Ryan Rich on there. It might be the one with Vaughn Strickland talking about women and BJJ, you know what I mean, and other stuff like that. Um... You know, come on, man. There, there's some people that, 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 that just like certain shows. You know, again, I keep saying it because people keep telling me they like the Bruce show. They like the one with Damien Posey. Some people hit me up about the Ramadan show because all the Middle East stuff is in the mix right now. So, they're like, yo, that Ramadan show was hella insightful. I learned a lot. Thank you. Thank you. This is what we try to do. So, you know, shout out to Unlearn the World. Unlearn the World. Um, yeah. So now we're getting into heartbeat props so uh first heartbeat props heartbeat props are where we give props to people who are living right now we're not gonna be these people who wait till somebody pass away and they be like man i always had love for dude bro no bro i want you to call three people today call three people that you care about just give them five minutes you know what i'm saying and tell them why you care about them that's it that's all you got to do so, first person I'm giving heartbeat props to is my brother for real, Billy Ray, over there at Costa Coyotera Jiu-Jitsu in Sassoon. That is my boy from way back. I've really been knowing Billy Ray since I was four years old. Like, we're just not just partners. People see us in Jiu-Jitsu and they be like, oh, the two black guys in Jiu-Jitsu because they're friends because they're black. I
1: get it. They're get it. I get it. They're black and they like to grapple.
0: Bro, I've been knowing Billy Ray since I was four years old. We used to go to San Andreas. See, y'all just play GTA, bro. We we are from San Andreas. We from that life. San Andreas is a small school in Pacifica, California. That's where we used to go. Uh, me and him used to always play around, hang out after school. Our moms were friends from day one, from before we were born, I think. And... Um, I lost two with him after high school because I went to Oceana and he went to South City. And then at the very first Gracie Open, I was competing and I saw this dude out there and I was like, oh my God, it's Billy Ray. Billy Ray, man, I just wanted to say, man, I love you. You are a G. I appreciate you. You're a hell of a husband, hell of a father, hell of a friend. You've improved my jujitsu and I thank you for that. You know what I mean? For real. So shout out, man. Um i'm also giving a shout out to my cousin cameo because she called me yesterday talking about yoga and stuff and i love yoga i've been slacking on my yoga but i'm getting back to it and it's just good to be talking with people who 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 love yoga who love uh self-mastery you know what i'm saying um and so cameo i appreciate you for checking in on your on on your old cousin and, and and talking about cool stuff and then my boy muhammad Now, I don't want to put no pressure on nobody, and I don't want to do no unnecessary blowing up of of people. But I'm going to tell you right now that my boy Muhammad is actually, while being very new to jiu-jitsu, he's a quick learner. He has a background in wrestling, and he's just very nice. He's nice. He's the kind of person you want as a student. And uh, I appreciate uh, training with you, man. I appreciate the sincerity, not only that you show in class, but the sincerity that you you show to the path of jiu-jitsu. Away from class, how you, you know, reach out and ask me a question or whatever. We'll go back and forth about different ideas after after class. The way that you ask certain questions and inquire and how you always want to keep training. You know, it's hard to get you off the mat. You know what I mean? Like, I really like that, man. Salute to you. Many blessings. Um, West Coast Word of the Week. Each week, I give you a word from the West. You know what I mean? Because we about this West Coast hip-hop, bro. That's coffee I'm drinking. Um... We about this West Coast hip-hop, man. And that's no disrespect to the East, you know what I mean? Shout out to the Bronx and all the boroughs, et cetera. Um... Shout out to all the OGs in the South, in the Nolia, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to everybody in Calliope Projects, you know what I'm saying? Shout out, you know what I'm saying, to to, to Magnolia, you know what I'm talking about? Shout out to everybody in Monroe. Shout out to everybody in Baton Rougey, you know what I'm saying? That's how I roll. But we from the West out here, bro. You know what it is. West Coast outlaw mortals forever and a day. Beta LA, Sac Town, the Bay Area, and back down. Cali is with it. Anyway, I'm giving you a West Coast word of the week. A lot of these are going to be specific to the Bay, but I'm always sprinkle the city of Los Angeles up in there. You know, I love my Lost Angels. I love Lost Angels because they are me. Anyway, what I'm trying to tell you is today's word is really kind of a twofer, right? Where I'm giving you a two for one. That makes sense to you? Twofer. And so what I'm giving you is the city and the town, the city and the town. Now, the city is specifically San Francisco, the town, Oakland, also known periodically as Oak Town. Are you with me? So here we go. We in the car, go back to the usual scenario, meeting women. Hey, what's up, fool? Oh, man, you know what I'm saying, just chilling. What was you doing yesterday? Oh, man, I was over in the town by the lake. Oh, for real? Yeah, man. I met these cool chicks, but guess what? What? They stay in the city. (laughs) Well, okay, (laughs) say no more. (laughs) Away we go. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So to translate it for you, at Lake Merritt in Oakland, a man met two pretty women that he's trying to hook up with and bring his boy. He was letting his friend know that although he met them in Oakland, they stay in San Francisco. And his friend was enthusiastic about heading into San Francisco. And therein, in lies your understanding of the West Coast words of the week. Yo, I just found out I'm gonna be speaking at a college soon, man. I haven't done a college talk in a while. You know what I mean? By the way, if you are at a college and you want a dope speaker to break down hip hop in a way, ain't nobody else gonna be able to do it. What you do is follow the OG at Real Hip Hop Chess and invite the OG out and have cash. Budgets are important. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna need that flight, a fresh hotel, and I'm gonna need some cream. Cash rules everything around me. Yes. But uh, I'm excited about that. I'll give you more info on that as it approaches. So now we're going to, you know, I always give a life and chess strategy thing. Now we're getting into work strategy eight from the book, Bobby, Bruce, and Bam, The Secrets of Hip Hop Chess. Stop playing and go get a copy on Amazon right now. I know you've been telling yourself you was going to do it. And I know you told your homeboy you was going to do it. And somebody said that you told your baby mama you was going to buy one for your son and your daughter, but you didn't. And your baby mama and your children's is suffering right now because of your drag. Let's stop playing. The holidays are coming. Give wisdom. Bruh, listen, once you get to the end of October, it's really time to start buying gifts for people. And there's no better gift than a book. That's what I'm saying. So why not start with mine? Here we go. Worksheet eight, blocking your blessings. Woo! Who ready for this story? You ready? Shortly after starting the HHCF, I saw an interesting game between my friend K-9 and DeLaBrie. After a few moves, K-9 had Brie surrounded by knights, bishops, and pawns with rooks lurking in the shadows to reinforce the bum rush. I patted Brie on the back and I said, it's almost over, homie. Maybe you'll get him next game. I returned about 10 minutes later to see K-9 checkmated. I was totally in shock. I ran the play back a few moves to look at the position. After a further positional observation, we concluded that K-9 had a squad that was on the attack, but they were uncoordinated. The knights and the bishops were not helping one another. The pawns were preventing advancement of the rooks. I was in my own way, K-9 chuckled. How many times do you think you do that in your own life, day to day? I asked him. It was not a criticism of K-9, but something I was asking myself. In hip-hop, we often talk about haters, people who talk bad about us or try to keep us from getting a promotion at the job. In the rap game, they plot against us so we don't get the exposure we had hoped for. These kinds of people are real, but often their impact is insignificant if our focus and our work ethic is on point. If we say we want to be the top-level MC but waste time in the studio smoking and joking with girlies when we should be recording, what's likely going to be the outcome of that activity? If we never practice how to properly hold the mic, master our breath control on stage, etc., what should we expect? If we say we want to be on the basketball team but spend more time on the Xbox and the PS4 than shooting free throws and drilling layups— Who can we blame? To paraphrase the Buddha in the book, The Dhammapada. No hater can do more damage than an undisciplined mind. I always felt that the use of the Matrix as an allegory has been overused. However, if you recall, when the character Neo did not think he could go from building to building, he fell on his face when he jumped. Once he realized the limits he placed on his own mind, were the things holding him back? He went farther than Morpheus. No sentinel could get with him because he was clear on his abilities. More often than not, as long as you believe they can stop you, they will. Remember that. As long as you think they can stop you, they will. When Muhammad Ali fought George Foreman at the Rumble in the Jungle, almost all of his previous supporters, including people in his training camp and his wife, thought he was going to lose. Ali created a strategy only he knew and kept it a secret in his own heart until after he had won the fight. He always believed he had the ability to win. To his friends, his faith in himself and his matching work ethic were not greater than the threat looming over him. But he knew better. You must know Better, go hard in the paint with no regard to their existence and watch yourself rise above them. Now, time for the questions. Write these down and actually answer them. Don't just think about them. You got to write them down and look at them. One, what are some of the most common ways that you sabotage yourself in accomplishing your goals? List the main three, okay? What are the most common ways you sabotage yourself in accomplishing your goals? List the main three. Question two, where do you think those habits come from? It's important that we understand why we think of the way we did. Maybe something happened to us when we were younger. Maybe we got down on ourselves and we just told ourselves that part of our own life over and over again. And now we believe something that we shouldn't believe anymore, something we should be able to let go of and grow beyond. Number three, list three things you can start doing today to undo those habits. How are you gonna break these habits, right? Once you find them and you know them, Let's break them. And so that is worksheet number eight, blocking your blessings. Don't do it. And now we go to the jujitsu haiku. Haiku, haiku. A haiku is a Japanese poem made up of three lines. The first line is five syllables. The second line is seven syllables. And the third line is five. The words do not have to rhyme. Can I tell you something before I get into this haiku that I learned something interesting about what's known as an American haiku? Because the syllable usage is five, seven, five. when you write a haiku. You should try it today. Write a poem based off words that comprise of five syllables, seven syllables, and then five syllables. It's hella fun. I just love doing it because the limiting nature of it creates a situation where you got to kind of fill in the blanks or add more or less to it. You know what I mean? It forces you to be creative. The limits of it actually give rise to a lot of creativity. But what I found is I found a book on haikus and I was tripping out because the whole time I'm reading it, I was getting six syllables, eight syllables, and six syllables. And it was driving me nuts because I was like, I never heard of these haikus. What is the deal? How come I can't figure this out? And so I went online and I looked up 686 haiku. Hella disappointing. As it turns out, there's what's known as an American haiku where they use 686. You know what? I believe in American haikus like I believe in girl push-ups. There are none. You either do a push-up or you don't. Ain't no such thing as a girl push-up. Period. Girls do push-ups. I don't want to hear about no girl push-ups. Unless you have an injury, like a sustained real injury, there is no girl push-ups. And there are no American haikus. You either make it fit to the tradition or get out, bruh. Get out. I can't stand it. And now it's time to enter my zen. Thank you. Let's do this together, shall we? Normally, as you know, my haikus are about jujitsu. And this one is no different. However, I am dedicating this one specifically to my youngest daughter, who has been achieving great things in the sport that I love, in the sport that I write about, in the sport that I teach and it is the gentle art of jujitsu. I have a slow, trembling tear in my right eye as I also explain to you that she's taken up wrestling. <laughs> and for that reason, and that reason alone, ladies and gentlemen, I have dedicated my first haiku to be shared publicly to my youngest daughter. Her nickname is Beans, along the line of jelly beans, because they're sweet. And now we begin. Mike, I request nothing special. You do this in the magical way that you do with the elements of nature, the strings or flutes or taiko drums, whatever. You, my friend... Take the helm as we enter into this poem. We will call this Four Beans. Let's go, Mike. She's a lioness, the sister of a huntress, laughing at war clouds. Yes. Indeed. Shout out beans. You know what I mean? Keep choking them out. You know what I mean? Keep them out. Uh, 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 uh. Americana Armbar. That's what I'm talking about. All right. So now uh just some quick hip hop things, real quick, before we get in. Um, word on the street is Takashi is looking for Diddy, uh, the manager and producer of uh notorious BIG. Rest in peace. To be his manager. And speaking as someone who was around in that time and uh, was very hurt by all the violence and whatnot, that um, in the most serious manner, I'm going to say that Diddy does not have a good track record of keeping rappers who are in danger alive. And that's really not a joke. No disrespect to Diddy either. This is like a really delicate situation. And I know that Takashi is probably super scared, no matter how he acts. And I can imagine someone like Diddy, you know, because apparently Takashi signed a $10 million album deal. And now when he gets out, that boy going to be making it rain. Um, And, you know, people say, yo, you know, this is what's wrong with hip hop. This is what's wrong with America. Snitches always get over Whatever, you know, people glorify rats. Um I can't lie. I mean, I, I, I feel like there is some some truth to that, but then if if people didn't tell these stories, none of the mob movies would exist. I was talking about this with Denny Prokopos and some of my homies. We were talking about some new podcast. I I'm not disrespecting, I really didn't get the name of it, but they've got uh Sammy the Bull on there. Um and we were talking about mob stuff, you know what I mean? We were talking about John Gotti, you know what I mean? And, and and some of the others. I got a book right here that I got from my dear old dad called Unlocked, The Life and Crimes of a Mafia Insider, Louis Ferrante, hard, you know what I'm talking about? But what I'm saying is, um, you know, You know, snitching and what gets called snitching gets grimy because a lot of times, and we're not going to get into it on this show, I'm going to do a whole show on the mob. That's my word. I'm going to do a whole show on the mob and uh, coming up soon. But the whole thing is that sometimes, like I said with Takashi, right, these guys were uh, beating him up and they were like regularly uh, having sexual relations with his baby moms. And it seemed willing that would, that would, that would create some resentment. You know what I mean? If, if people that you were supposed to be down with were soon after, uh, having uh regular intercourse with your baby moms and, uh, beating you up, you might, you might lose a sense of loyalty when the, when the feds show up is all I'm saying. Um, so, you know, I, I just think that this thing with Diddy might not work. And I, I mean, like, seriously, can you imagine this, right? Like think about this, like a real like a real conversation. So, I'm going to be both Takashi and and Diddy. Yo, man. So uh, yeah, you know, I'd like you to manage me. What do you Yo, yo, word, man. Yo, I'm totally down. We'll make you star, you know what I'm saying? Okay, cool, Diddy. Um question though. Reflecting on your history, last time a rapper was in danger, what would you do differently? Oh, wait, hold on, Takashi, man. How are you going to ask me something like that? No, I'm, I'm serious. I need, I need to know. Like, you might manage me. You might manage me. <sighs> well, you know, we've kind of rethought the whole nonviolence thing. You know, probably would have went to mediation earlier. Uh, You know, maybe tighter security, you know, leaving venues. I mean, seriously, like, I would need Diddy to explain that to me. It was something that nobody could have seen coming, but that's why you have to discuss it. Um, And again, no disrespect to Diddy at all. No disrespect to the Notorious B.I.G., right? This was a horrible thing that happened. But I don't think that's a match made in heaven is what I'm saying. Um, Moving forward. The whole internet is aflame over Gina Rodriguez using the N-word while getting her hair done. then she apologized, said if anybody was offended, bruh. What if anybody was offended? Will you think they was offended? You seem half wise, Gina. What you think, bruh? Hell yeah, people offended. I don't care if you listen to NWA three times a day, bruh. Stop saying the N-word, right? But then everybody want to start having all these conversations, the bulk of whom I have not even bothered to watch. Because I none of them, actually. None of them. I've just talked to a few people. Um, cause you know they holler at a scholar. They reach out to the OG. They 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 seek wisdom from the South Bay Shogun, and he shares it. So now I'm gonna share with you. Stop saying the damn N-word, all right? If you ain't black, I'm I'm a get racial. I'm gonna take it from the top, all right? Um, people want to love hip hop and say they're down and blah, blah, blah. And especially, let me be really clear, bruh. In the Bay, hella Filipinos say the N-word all day, but hella Filipinos are super duper racist for real. So they be around you saying it like they're down and in the house with them and their parents and their aunties, they be saying it for real. Filipinos, let go. Latinos in the Bay, let go. Latinos all over the world, let go. Stop, bruh. Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, you know what I'm saying? No, bruh. Mexicans, no, bruh. Why? Because it's a hateful word. You know, the other day, on Columbus Day, my school actually had school. And there was a, a film show that broke down kind of the systematic erasure of so many Native Americans. Right. And the kids were largely had a, had a bunch of apathy. Um, for those that don't know that word, it just means a general lack of care. And I was explaining to him, I said, you know, to one of the teachers, I said, the reason they don't care as much is because just with old still photos, like. They don't get a sense of how damaging it was, they don't get a sense of, you know, how harsh it it was, as opposed to, say, World War II, which was like six million Jews. But there's footage and there's, there's you know, you can see the emaciated bodies and you can see, like with a lot of things that deal with, with both the erasure and extirpation of Native American peoples and slavery. It just feels from another era they can't identify. And so they have a lot of apathy. And this is where we lose as educators uh, – In our ability to convey the horrors of 50 million Native Americans at least and 50 million Africans at least. Okay? And so this creates like this problem. But what that's also done is it's made it so that other people want to use the word if they feel hood or connected to people who have dealt with massive trauma. And everybody that's where they come from. Yo, I'm I'm from I'm from Hunters Point. I live in Oakland. Yo, all my friends are black. Yada yada yada. Shut the hell up, dog. That's not even the point, bro. Like at all. You know what I'm saying? Um you know, and this is where keeping it racial, where people like to talk about the universal message of rap music. It's so universal, isn't it? Yeah, Tammy, it is universal. Shut up, Tammy. Stop using the N-word. Um, Here's the deal. Rap music is rooted in black pain and suffering. All black music. Rock, jazz, blues. You will find massive suffering in our music here and at home. On the mother continent. And so, when we talk about how universal it is, what do we mean? Universal in its appeal? Absolutely. I love that blacks, whites, Japanese, Filipinos, Mexicans, Brazilians, I want everybody to be able to do rap music, participate in rap music, buy it, sell it, paint it. All of that is beautiful. And I'm never going to say that anybody shouldn't do it. In fact, I want everybody to do it. I want everybody to do it over and over again. I want them to embrace it. The inclusion of all these people has improved hip-hop. You understand? So this isn't a thing about like excluding people from hip-hop or excluding people from rap music. This is about respecting the founding people and culture that gave birth to it. End of story. If anybody knows anything about judo, obviously you know it came from Japan, right? And uh, Americans, or let's say UK, you're you know like England in the way that Jitsu that judo is there has some specific things that the English approach to judo has. Russians have certain nuances in their judo that the Japanese and the English don't have, but nobody questions its root. I do jujitsu, right? I'm black. I've made some slight innovations to the art. I've tried to give my own contributions and other people in America who are white and who are black or Latino, like Mexican and stuff like that, have done all kinds of stuff, right? So, but that doesn't mean that I don't honor the Brazilians and that doesn't mean that I don't honor the Japanese as the root of the jiu-jitsu that the Brazilians practice. So the fact that Eddie Bravo or, or or, any American fighter today does jiu-jitsu doesn't mean that they get to dishonor and disrespect Brazilians or Japanese people because they're the creators of everything that every jiu-jitsu practitioner today does. End of story. Rap deserves and hip-hop deserves the same respect. And the founders of hip-hop deserve the same respect. And so people still want to be on this. Well, uh, still, you know, still in, in, you know, in the hood, you know what I mean? So people still want to say, well, I'm from the hood and blah, blah, blah. Listen, this is why none of y'all should say it. This is why. Because if you look at Jewish comedians, they say Jewish jokes all the time. But that's because they're Jews. Their ancestors had to deal with the Holocaust. They come from a unique position and situation and sometimes in their pain and trauma their comedy reflects that but you can't and you shouldn't say some of those jokes because you're not Jewish in the same way I don't give a damn if you were born at Compton Hospital you ain't a nigga for life straight up I Use the N-word sometimes, but only with other black people in my community, almost never in mixed company. I I can't even think of a time. Really. Because that stuff matters. Because that's in-house. I know Filipinos that would call themselves fobs back in the 80s, fresh off the boat. Right? I know Jews that would say certain words that to anybody else would be considered anti-Semitic, but to each other, they say it and you lean back. You know what I mean? I also believe in freedom of speech. So here's what I'm going to tell you. But before we the real question is, if you feel like you got to use the N-word to feel connected to black people, the bigger issue is what else do you do to feel connected to black people other than use the most hateful word that's ever been used against them? What else do you do? How else do you show your camaraderie? Because that is where I start calling shenanigans. Man, it's because I'm down with y'all. That's so what I want to say. It, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm with y'all. Then shut the hell up and don't disrespect us. That'd be good. Can you do that? No, I want to call y'all niggas all day. Okay, well, maybe it won't go work out. My point is, is that if... The only way you can be close to black people is disrespect them and use that word in rap music or outside of rap music or in the hood. If that's the only way you can feel close to me, then maybe we really not that close. Maybe there's a bigger problem in how you see us and we can have well, y'all say it, y'all say it, y'all say it. That's us in house. We do what we do. Y'all do what y'all do. Respect the boundaries, man. On that note, before we jump into this amazing interview with Brett Sweet, also known as the Sweet MBA, who is the host of Cage Against the Machine, follow at Cage Against. He is our guest right now. We talk in depth about hip hop, about martial arts, specifically, man, like this dude's brother trained with the guy that fraught Bruce Lee out here in Oakland. Remember Wong Jack, man? That's who Brett's brother trained with. So he is of that lineage. We're talking MMA. We're talking about why jiu dudes are losing a little bit. We're talking about some of the most devastating... Uh, women in MMA right now, and we're talking about who should be fighting Habib next. Ferguson? Why? Why not? You know what I'm saying? Pros, cons, a little bit in between. That's what we're going to talk about. But before we do that, before we do that, I want to give a quick and serious shout out to at Guard What's Yours. Remember, it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. They have a lot of dope jujitsu gear, period, but they're doing some, some pretty cool uh, apparel right now. Based around women's empowerment. Uh, Also at prideclothing.co. You know what I'm saying? Crazy hip-hop gear off top. You know what I'm saying? Uh, That's for the jujitsu head. And finally, I want to give a shout out to Dream Brand. At Dream with a J. Take out the D, replace it with a J. Yo, sent me the sickest rash guard. Sent me the sickest gi bruh. Wait till I get this thing patched up. I'm going to start thugging all over the planet in it. You know what I mean? At Dream Brand. Stay strong. Check this out with Sweet. We're talking about serious hip-hop stuff, serious issues. Man, he says that Wong Jackman didn't lose to Bruce. But do you believe him, though? We're going to have to look. He makes a compelling argument. But listen, it's going down. Stay strong. Holla at your boy. Brett Sweet, the Sweet NBA, follow at Cage Against. I'd be down with the Cage Against family in Oakland at the Seawolf every time there's a UFC. If you're in Oakland, go to the Seawolf and watch the UFC fights. It's bananas, and the food's fantastic. Here we go. Peace to the planet Earth. You know what it is. Deesa banjo chilling in the building. Look, you know, obviously, I love MMA. Obviously, I'm a jiu-jitsu guy, but because... I'm more than a jiu-jitsu guy in terms of how I look at at fighting, right? got to bring other people on, right? And that's why we've had Dr. Peter Goldman on. That's why we've had uh, Anthony Thomas on. That's why we've had so many different people that don't do jiu-jitsu. Well, this is a guy that I've been probably talked more MMA and martial arts stuff with over the years than, than a lot of other people, all right? Now... Um, if you ever heard me talking about or you watch Cage Against the Machine, you already know who I roll with that you know they're like extended family and and it all really started. It was a brainchild of my man, Brett Sweet, who is on Bishop Chronicles with us to talk about not just m m a but other aspects of like Bay Area and martial arts culture, so welcome. Brett sweet, sweet MBA to Bishop Chronicles. What's up, Thank man? Thank you.
1: I feel like I, I, feel like I leveled up, man. This is like a life goal. Like I got Bishop Chronicles. That means I got my purple belt. You know what I mean? I'm here now. You know, I got my source article. Uh, you know, I think what, what's next after this is? I mean, Joe Rogan. I mean, I, I, so. I, I mean, we're this, yeah. this is major. Yeah. And I, I, I love keeping my word, and I kept saying, Yo, you're like, you gotta get on the show. And I'm like, Man, I'm so busy right now. I gotta go get married. Da da da. So for me, even talking for five minutes and clearing out that space of the brain and yeah. saying, yes, I kept my word to you. No, Thank it's you. beautiful. But I, I enjoy the show. Man. Because, you know,
0: I'm a I'm i a, um, I'm a hermit, bro. I don't get out.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm gonna be honest. I don't really listen to Spotify. But yeah. because of your show, I listen to Spotify. Thank so, you. That
0: makes me feel good, man. So, that so makes if you're listening Spotify,
1: throw him some money.
0: Yeah. Today, would you? Um, so no, 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 that means a lot though. And I mean, you know, the truth is me and Brett Sweet go way back before, uh, MMA was even really popping, but we were both already into it. You know what I'm saying?
1: As it was, uh, let's not call it being born. Let's call it being solidified. I think phase two, just like hip hop phase. And I guess that's all the interconnections that we've talked about that we got to watch. The second phase of hip hop happened at the second phase of MMA. Yeah. Happened at the second phase of tech.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) It all happened at the same time. Yeah. In this strange, wonderful place called the Bay Area.
0: Hell of weird. Where we're
1: just children kind of doing what we're supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah. Um, Entrepreneurs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just not. And with no regrets. um,
0: And martial arts. So, I mean, what I want to start with is, is in the last episode, I talked about the loss of Crone Gracie. Hmm. And what a friend of mine noted, and we made a list of, was top jiu-jitsu players who have been obliterated or embarrassed by C-level strikers. Hmm. And that is not to disrespect the strikers or the jiu-jitsu guys. What we're saying is, Hodger Gracie is a legend. He, he didn't do well in MMA. No. Uh, 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 Marcelo Garcia yes. got really harmed by some Korean guy none of us will ever remember because the guy didn't even really become anything that we can know. Right. John Jacques Machado. I mean, if anybody is a legend in jiu-jitsu, it's John Jacques Machado. Right. Did not fare well. Yeah, in mixed martial arts. I think he fought Frank Trigg and I think Frank Trigg opened his whole forehead up with an elbow. I Come mean, on. it was nasty. Come bro. on. Right? Um, Andre Galvao, I don't think he really ever got like harmed, but yeah. he didn't do well. And this yeah. dude just won Abu Dhabi. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. And so we went through this list and we came up with about nine guys okay. that you know, and so the thing for me, um, and I want your reflections on it, that I found most striking about what happened to Crone during his loss was that it's twofold. One, he just couldn't take Cub Swanson down, Okay. which was inconceivable having the last name that he has. Just on GP, okay, I got to answer could that. Could not do that. The second thing was his father, the most honorable Hicks and Gracie, right? Who might had- be?
1: Who might be the MMA?
0: Yeah, right.
1: Who might be? I mean, a lot of people latch on to hoist. Right. As and that the guy. makes sense because but of the
0: brand of the UFC. But it's but.
1: Hickson who brought cross training to right. the and, and And,
0: and well, but it's weird because if you listen to Hickson, his perspective is I'm pure jujitsu.
1: Yes. Which is why he's, uh, and we'll come back to this. Right. Now, which is why it's MMA. Right. But here's the deal. Yeah. The thing that makes Hickson
0: specifically unique in this and the fact that Cronus, his son, is that he's gone on the record many times saying, a lot of sport jiu-jitsu guys yes. and no gi guys are doing fifty percent of the jiu-jitsu they do is not applicable in a street fight or in yes. the cage. Yes. And what, what I do, what my lineage is, is the is is the solution for all of that. Yes. And then his son goes into the UFC. Okay. And
1: is unable so to let me, display any of that. Let and me so do some what some, is
0: happening, bro.
1: Let me do some disclaimers. Yeah. I do not have a white belt in even jiu-jitsu. jiu-jitsu. Okay. This is important to acknowledge. Um, and jujitsu. So, what do you know about martial arts? Jujitsu is categorically belt based. Right. Okay. So, tell so, them what you know, though, so, son. Tell them what you really know. I'm willing to make mistakes and be ignorant. Okay. Okay. The flip side is I wrestled through high school. Right. I paid for a little bit of college uh, uh, with wrestling. Right at a little school called SF State. And you can see some other MMA fighters who came out of there. So I don't even have to explain that. Right, right, right. Um, Shout out to the West Coast again. Yeah, I'm a member of the Oakland Sancho team. Right. I did not compete professionally, but I did do tournaments. Right. Like Top Mountain, Top Wong. Okay. Um, So. uh, And you know your history though. I know my history. And uh, the reason why without being arrogant or cocky there was a time from 1997 to 1999 maybe 2000 that the Ill stage show in the bay area for hip-hop was the comedic sons comedic
0: sons hip-hop boy stand up
1: and the reason why was our cardio and there's a reason why because i come from a kung fu striking right take you down knock you out choke you out right lineage right um, so let's go back to some things some of the premises we've talked about. How do you see your martial arts? Is your martial arts WordPress? Mm. You have a a overlay and you keep adding in plugins. Okay,
0: that's fair. That's deep. All my tech people follow me just did. Is that how
1: you see your martial arts? You add in plugins and that's what works? Is your martial arts an operating system? Mm. Right? I just keep adding apps to it. Right. Is your martial arts... Um, something that you've built from scratch that's a native software that works for what you need. Okay? So those are your three right. options. Right. Okay. The second thing that, depending on how you look at that, so if you're somebody like Hicks and Gracie, mm-hmm. it is all jujitsu to him. Mm-hmm. Right? His cross training, his ability to blend his, how do I even go back? Pardon my ignorance. No, 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 His father's ability to take the native elements of his upbringing in Brazil. Right. And combine it with a Japanese martial art. Right. And from my understanding, jujitsu essentially is the war arts of a samurai.
0: Yeah, it's like Kodokan judo.
1: So, judo All the as a stuff sport. All the judo. Yeah, yeah sport yeah. judo. Right, is jujitsu without any lethality. Right. Jiu Jitsu is I can I can blast you with my with my limbs, I can take you down, and I can either manipulate your joints or I can choke you out to end right. the fight. Right. Okay. I have some friends who will tell me real jujitsu is if I'm not breaking an elbow before I toss you. It's not real, right? Yeah, I've, that's how
0: I've, I've, I know some people. Who, and these are
1: also people who may work for the U.S. government. Right, right, right. right, right <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right, right. So their opinions are very skewed too, in right. the same way that Krab Maga people are always looking to kill you. Right. Um. So I do agree with it's all jujitsu. The second part is yes, with every martial art, I would also agree. I don't care what it is. Mm. Every single martial art, with maybe the exception of again something like stuff for combat specifically like they'll teach the SEALs or Krav Maga or something, right? right? In MMA, in a street fight, out of all your options, Mm -hmm. if all your options are techniques Mm -hmm. and the things that you've trained, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There's all these techniques on the table like Boston Market. Right. Only 20% of them are going to transfer over to MMA in a fight.
2: That's true.
1: Okay? So, example number one. If I use a big looping arm movement like in Kung Fu as someone's throwing a straight punch, we've seen that video of the Tai Chi master getting knocked out. Yeah. If I try to choke somebody out on the streets of Oakland, his homies are going to stomp my jaw and I'm going to it sleep. Can happen. And then they're going to kill me. Okay?
0: Okay? We speak from experience and observation. Observation.
1: The so these are points. And in any of these videos could be referenced at any right, time. Right. Okay, so what does work out of those? Okay, what works the best in, let's say, a street fight? Mm. Jiu-Jitsu, positionally, at its best allows somebody who is smaller on their back to transform the fight in their favor overnight. True. Okay? Something like Kung Fu is really designed to target multiple tactics mm-hmm. and multiple targets, targets right. and, and, and move between them. Right. Something like wrestling is really about positioning. Right. Okay, so we could go through all those lists. I would say, respectfully, Crone striking is probably the best I've ever seen a Gracie. Mm -hmm. Even somebody like Hodger, who spent time at Black House with with Anderson, still ain't throwing those punches.
0: I still prefer Henzo
1: and House boxing. Okay, we'll come back to that. Yes. Now, obviously we see who Henzo had access to, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. And for him being first generation, for him being that generation
2: of going to to New York and starting that that, that
1: jujitsu mafia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course, and having access to people like Ray Longo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yes. But it's boxing. Right. But in terms of this new generation- Agreed. Crone came forward the whole fight. Okay, that's fair. He did not fight off his back foot at all. That's fair. At all. That fool was not playing- his style looked like who, his teacher. That's true. Nate Diaz. That's true. Okay, he did come forward. The bro. problem is, against the guy he's fighting, Cub Swanson, ding ding ding, has a black belt in what? Jiu Jitsu. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and was public about six gyms would not let him train there because you don't. We're not gonna you let, let you to fight it, Eric Gracie. Yeah, yeah. And if you remember, what's ill? Remember the remember back when um N- Nick was gonna fight. BJ? Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to take this fight. And he's like, why are you scared of BJ? He's like, no, I'm not answering that question. He's a Gracie. I'm a Gracie. Right. I don't, I don't fight my own issue. family. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool.
0: And if you understand the Bay, you also got to understand how and Caesar, you know, mm. used to run a school together. Yes. They used to run a school together. Which was, br- I
1: want, let's not call it brothers, but cousins to my school.
0: Yeah. Very in twirling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I could see the emotional, uh, I would too. Like, uh, like it doesn't I would too. feel good. Doesn't and that's actually good. how
1: I pick fighters. Right. Even if I think you're going to lose. Right. I would never ride against somebody who's part of my family. Yeah. Who's part of my lineage. It's hard. Right. But I'm also not allowing myself to let bias not see what really happened. Right. Okay. So what happened
0: then? Because did he not? Okay. Because okay. Fine. So if let's can, add the next If I can say okay, you know what,
1: you're Cub Swanson. Right, let's go. Let's go back. Cub Swanson was in contention for the 145 belt. Right. He is a top ten UFC guy who spent time at Jackson Winklejohn yeah. with the Killers. He also just spent the last three years in in Southern California with T.J. Dillashaw. So, right. and Dylan e-
0: Shaw's a savage.
1: So, yeah, EPO or whatever. Right. The right. wrestlers he's around. Right. Vallejo's own. Right. You know? Right. The wrestler he's around who, who's really created a uh, Mark Munoz. Right. Right. The Mark Filipino Munoz, from, 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 from Vallejo. Savage. Th- who has created a savage wrestling program for MMA. Okay. True. So, what he developed for that fight was how do you stop? A Gracie, a next level Gracie. That's what that strategy was. Because
0: Krone's jiu-jitsu is so, it's hard for me as someone who loves yes. jiu-jitsu so much to convey how dangerous that man is on the
1: oh, ground. Oh, 100%. And the next level is: here's the biggest key, and, and without trying to give away some secrets. When Krone would go in, he would go for that grapple, and then he kept putting his head on the, on the, 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 the inside mm-hmm. to try to do a judo throw mm-hmm. and every time he would meet this invisible hand mm-hmm. uppercut yep because he's going for judo throws right there's nothing he in been wrestling maybe but there wasn't i didn't see any i didn't and so I, all his takedowns came from a one-handed clinch that made me wonder i actually
0: he I kept was basically so going for either a single leg or yeah, a, yeah. And i was so disappointed in his single leg attempts and his wrestling that I wondered if he was injured. I was like, is this dude injured? How are you not getting a hold of Cub Swanson? But you Cub. Know, and then same night, and that's what made it that much more hard for me to watch. Watterson got like four or five single legs a whole night, bro.
1: What? What is clean, though? Okay, so what What do you, the, those two have in common? What do Cub and Watterson have in common? Jackson Winklejohn, mm. who is the Patriots of MMA to me. Mm. Okay? So you got to think about the program. That was tripping me out. Let's bro. go back. Let's think about the program that was built by one Sugar Rashad Evans. Right. You know, the archetype of, of the, the, the full pack, package black MMA champion. Yeah. And the wrestling program that attracted people like Derek Brenson, like John Jones. Yeah. yeah. Right? So there's a reason why those belts came there. Because they, they figured out that program. Um, and you could see that that stuck with Cub Swanson. True. His wrestling is no joke.
2: True. I
1: mean, go back and watch his fight against Frankie Edgar. Where he was cracking Edgar. Cracking him for five rounds. And only at the end, Edgar gets him in a, in a chin choke. Yeah, 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 and breaks yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his jaw.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. You're right. But his wrestling, I didn't see the whole fight. So his I saw, wrestling I saw is, that. His, saw his
1: that wrestling, chin chin. He's, he's, he's there. Um, is he, let me not say that. I've, if Cub is going to climb up, his ability to face off against uh, Jeremy Stevens, mm-hmm. Azabi, mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, everybody, uh, you know, Alice Volkanovsky, right. who I'm I'm calling it out. This will be. I love you, Max Holloway, but I do not think you're going to stop this guy. Yeah, I think Al. I think City Kickboxing is taking another belt home in December. They're 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 in a good zone. They're they get it. They've, they've, they've got a program. Zone. They've got a program. And that's if you conform yourself to the program, it works. So it's it's like we were talking about earlier before we started taping when AKA started. So um, I think it's not – I actually thought that Cub did a lot better than I – or I thought that Crone did a lot better than expected. So I wouldn't take nah, the same – No, I expected
0: as, him to win, bro. Really? I absolutely expect. that. So
1: if he was going to win, he needed to do something like, what's my dude's name? Ryan, uh, you know who I'm talking about? Ryan. Ryan Hall. Yeah. That, that is your future. But, but I, other than that, we are 20 years past the first ultimate fighter. We know you want to take that. You're not going to get away but with it, that But here no was the deal. When you say
0: you're not going to get away with that, what that, how I interpret that as a jujitsu guy means, because you don't know how to wrestle we okay. here, right? Because if you look at no. Hoist Gracie, if you look at Hoist Gracie's takedowns yeah. and you look at from Hoist Gracie and back, yes. the Gracie and Brazilian fighters always had some of the sloppiest, non-clean, yes. body-clinching, let alone freestyle wrestling. Yeah.
1: Right? That was almost non-existent, yeah. right? So, Which is why their first losses started coming by shoot wrestlers, freestyle wrestlers, things like that. Interesting that was, point. Um I would say if you go back and you also look at uh how am I trying to phrase this I think that look at somebody who's about to fight in 2 weeks like um which I'm really actually excited about hmm. the fight coming between uh what is it my dude's name uh, I was on the I could see their faces Ben Askren
0: right versus
1: who is he fighting? I'm I'm
0: blanking right, right.
1: now. Right. In my opinion, the best jujitsu in MMA right now. Is it Maya? Maya. Maya Great had to googly, learn. Googly. Maya, Maya had to learn not just some boxing. He's not a good boxer. Right, but right. he had to learn enough striking to where you, when he got his hands on you, he you could, knew what was gonna happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? He yeah. couldn't just do a sloppy takedown. Right, right, right. And right. certainly he couldn't do like we learned in Abu Dhabi. You can't just lay on your back and expect Anderson to come down and play with you. Right. Okay. So I didn't see that out of Kron. Yeah. I think this will have to this was the wake-up call for him to learn that and that will come. It was just it was just mind-blowing to me. It was mind blowing to me. And the Watterson thing, people should not be surprised about your your J Jack. I mean, there was just it was clear that she was go, again, she was cl- going for that pick pick 'em up single leg, right? Right. But the most she was going for was this this joke. Like you can think, you yeah, has You want to train, has a train American top team, bro, Come, bro, American top team. Who is she spending time with? Come on, man. Who do you, pure this, killers. Who is she like? Who's next to her? Pure killers, pure bro. killers. And the number one killer she spends time with is Amanda. Yeah. You're playing, you're playing. If you think that was the only way you were going to get out again and to call yourself. I mean, I, I got to give respect to Michelle. Watt. I, I never want to be, too critical because right, right. I'm not in the top a billion, okay? <laughs> so, you know right. I, mean? I,
0: too, am in the lower billion. Yeah,
1: point. I, I trade UFC. Um, right. But there wasn't a lot of karate out of the hottie that night either. There really wasn't. I mean, that that push kick that she was doing from the clinch was kind of interesting, but it was late, you know?
0: And, dude, you saw the lack of spark and power in her kicks yeah. from the third round on. Yep. After yep. the third round,
1: yep. they were almost like yeah. yeah, symbolic kicks. They weren't even real. I don't think she understands why she lost to Rose. I don't think she understands why Rose beat Joanna twice. Mm. And when she And what is that? Joanna's style is the blitz. You know, she's very um, she's almost like a female guile. Okay. Right? And she comes in, she's military too. She's got, you know, she lets right. you know when she lands the combos, you're gonna hear the sound. Ha! Huh! Yeah. Okay. Rose is like, yeah. When you come in, you're gonna miss. I'm gonna get you on range, and then I'm gonna touch you, and I'm gonna move and angle. Yeah. On you. And so Michelle was very linear with her. That's true. She was not moving laterally at all. Yeah, at all. And then you notice she would get off one. So let's yeah. do a math equation. You get off one. Your opponent just got off five. You're you're still at negative did four. You see the striking stats at the I end of that? I did. She thing? was. And at the fifth round, remember and Oh you guys, my God, you the ramp was just like zing. You gotta remember who we're talking like, about. Joanna, dude. You remember like when she took the when she had her first title defense? Yeah. Right? She was on the on the on the stool yelling at her opponent. Let's go. She was pumped. Yo. Yeah. I was like, yo, is she on Coke or something? Remember when she was yelling at Claudia? Gidea? <laughs> That's true. Yo, let's go. Like, yo. She was, she was. And and she showed that again. Man, she brought it. So uh, will she touch up Zhang? No, she gonna get knocked out. I think that's gonna happen hard and quick, my friend. Yeah, Zhang gonna knock her out. But again, the only person—the only sick person guy. I, in my opinion, be a sick the only person who can mess up—and that's the messed up thing about MMA math. Andrade takes out Rose, right? Although Rose was mopping her. Yeah. Okay. Um, Zhang takes out Andrade, right? Somehow people will be surprised when Rose takes out Zhang because they have the same style, right. which is Sancho style. And little do people know that Rose Namahyunas, the person she trains with a lot, Pat, Barry, right. my mulatto brother, is a Sancho guy and spent a lot of time training with our school.
0: So really quick, for those that don't know, what is Sancho?
1: Let me try to do this. The, Sancho has another name, Sonda. And what Sancho is- It's an adaptation. Sancho goes back to the old Boxer Rebellion days. And if you think about it, I'm going to quote something near and dear to our heart. Um, By the way, do you like my awesome album? I see it. That was my birthday present. That's hard. Yeah, dude, that really is. I told you, I love comics and our our people. There's a great quote from an album, came out in 1995. One of the better albums in hip hop called Liquid Swords.
0: Liquid Swords. That's what we're looking at. We're looking at a remake of Liquid
1: Swords. It's uh, that actually came to me um, as a present. Um, there was a uh, of the Marvel reinterpretation of all the different classic hip hop albums. And so they took Battleworld was also known as Secret Wars and redid the uh, the Liquid Swords album with it. Um, so but there's that quote at the beginning of the duel of the Iron Mikes. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think that's. That kind of puts it together, and that's really what it is, is Sancho goes back to ancient Chinese martial arts where there was a principle where you would have a duel. And the idea was, and I think one quote, if you go back to old, really good classic Chinese kung fu movies, if you ever watch Once Upon a Time in China, yeah. there's that famous fight um, with Iron Robe Yim, Ro and dude's challenging him, and he basically tells him, he says, okay, we're going to go. You know, after the third technique, if you keep pushing it, I'm going to have to kill you. And I think Sancho goes back to those days where they'd fight on a lay tie, which is a platform, it's three right. feet off the ground, and they would fight. Right. People would die. People, and then as the boxer rebellion came, and they were trying to build a, a continuity so they could fight British imperialism, they started doing tournaments um, to see who had the best style. Communist mm-hmm. China comes in, wipes out most of the China, uh, most of the martial arts, and they move to Taiwan. This tournament goes on, and then. People from America start entering it. Right. Most notably, the first sort of non Chinese person to enter it and win was a guy by the name of Peter Ralston, okay. who used to have a school on Telegraph. Okay. Crazy. Student of Wong Jackman.
2: Okay. Yeah. Which we'll come
1: back to that conversation. Wong Jackman. Yeah. What? Uh, set tripping up Bruce in here. Bruce Lee, what's happening? So, um, and again, you could judge, you judge, um, a fruit by the fruit, or a tree by the fruited bears, right? So indeed. So if your if your if your students are winning ch- championships in China, it tells you something. So if we get to nineteen ninety or something, right? Right. Big motions and this Chinese traditional kung fu mm. does not really correspond well and work well with traditional boxing. For sure. Sammo Hung has made plenty of movies with with you know right. with Donnie Yen about that. Or right. there's always this story. So Sancho is the adaptation. Of kung fu into M- MMA rules, and the simplification of it is think of Muay Thai with throws, right, right, and so it is kickboxing with takedowns. Okay,
0: where you can. So would you would you say that that would maybe like be like okay. Enshin karate, like it, but, you know? Yeah, I think Enshin is like a yeah. You know, obviously has stylistic differences from standing, but yeah. the general
1: yeah, know. and it and it incorporates. It's a, it's, you know, I would say, I would even say it is MMA light in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but it basically is using the training principles of Kung Fu. And then I think there's some ad and it really goes into some of the forms to really pull out stuff like sidekicks and whatever, right. but it's basically MMA light where once it goes to the ground, it resets. Right. Okay. But what it teaches you is distance and the timing timing, and that you understand very similar to you would say Rose Namahunas the Diaz brothers' volume, right, is far more important than trying to get this knockout punch, right. So you see a, a tremendous speed. So you keep, yep, yep, right. right. And I would even argue if you were if if I was building somebody from scratch, I have a child and they say I want to be the next MMA fighter of the world, right. Two things I would train them in: Sancho and combat jujitsu. Mm. And I would say that that. So That fusion is going to make them an MMA fighter. That's deep. That's all so, the deep. I would say that's where you look at that with somebody like Rose, where you looked at her fight against Joanna, mm-hmm. or not Joanna, but against Jessica Andrade. Mm-hmm. Touch, 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 came under the hook. Right. Bap, 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 kick, came under the hook. Right, right, Like right. I'll stay in the pocket there with you, but I'm not going to stand right in front of I'm you. You're not going to stand still. No. I'm going to cut angles. I'm gonna Absolutely, out. absolutely. Uh, we saw that 243. And so how did you start training in that? You're never going to believe this story. I'm going to believe it. Um,
0: We're it, good believers Because it, on it vision- literally
1: oh. happened here. Um, my father was just a really important visionary human being to many people, but especially to people of color, in particular black people in Berkeley, Oakland, and the Bay Area, my family, you know, civil rights family, you know, that yes. stuff. Um, my dad never was going to let me do any things that were going to fit into stereotypes okay as much as he loved That's his fair. raiders and his niners yeah i couldn't play football right couldn't play basketball I, was, I had to know enough to relate to my people right i was not allowed but to be on a team be, right he was not gonna let me fit you know i was not gonna be loud wearing shoes wearing red no my oldest brother um when he was young got a chance to start studying with a guy named peter ralston
0: Right, and he was, and he, repeat who his- Pierre Ralston
1: had a, a school on Telegraph called Cheng Shen. Okay. And my brother would come home and he was studying this stuff called Tai Chi and Shingi and all right. this stuff. And then eventually he went off, he was so good, he went off and started studying under a guy named Wong Jackman. That's insane, bro. Yeah. Now, real quick. Remember, the same Wong Jackman who, who didn't want anyone to teach- Martial arts to black people and white people, right? So, a so remember so, I just told you. So, we, so, so
0: <laughs> when we're talking about this, like anybody who knows Bruce Lee's life knows that he had a very infamous fight with Wong Jackman, which started mixed martial in arts in Oakland. Yes. which is which is really for America and the world. This is a clash of styles that that plant the seeds
1: for what we have in the UFC and, and everything else. And much like hip hop. Much like hip hop, and I think if you like read one of Adisa's books, you will take multiple, you'll hear multiple people tell the same account. Somewhere in there is the truth. Right. You will meet dudes, and we've had this combo. You, for those of you who love the show and listen to hip hop, there are some people who will tell you hip hop started in the Bronx. There are some people who will tell you, no, it started in Queens. There are some people that say it started in Oakland. If you add up enough of these stories, you will find the truth. Right. You ask enough people, the fight happened in San Francisco. You ask another people, it happened in Oakland. Right. What they agree upon is, they, they fought. fought. <laughs> that's my brother. <laughs> he knows. And that's the, the mind you have to have going into that. So, so real quick, I'll tell
0: you. I saw a video mm-hmm. of Linda Lee Caldwell yeah. say yes. that Bruce made Wong Jackman tap and verbally say, "I submit." She did not, however, say with at all. But she did not describe what was what would bring him to that point. I whether he was struck or in a submission hold of any. I don't know, discernible Linda, I
1: don't know, Linda Lee Caldwell. I don't want to disparage your character. I
0: or her perspective on that fight at all. Right.
1: I know that I love my wife very much. Right. Okay, And I love my family. But Bruce Lee did not know any grappling at the time he fought Wong Jackman. Because what I have is what's called a college degree. (laughs) And I had to write papers. I also have two NBAs. sure, bro? Because I'm pretty sure. Well, let me ask you this. When did Gene LaBelle slam Bruce and choke him out? That I don't remember. After that fight. Which is why Bruce started
0: learning grappling. Hold on, wait. You know why? You know why I'm going to call semi shenanigans on that? Why? Semi shenanigans? Why? Because
1: he's grappling in Enter the Dragon. The he f- is. First scene. The first scene. So that fight happened before, or after Enter the Dragon. That I don't know. We'll go back. And the gloves are fingerless. I know. We'll go back. And Sammo Hung and Jackie Chan. Yeah. in there. I know. We'll go back. But did and of he, course, and of course, he but tried did, to put. Did
0: Enter the a, Dragon? And you do enter know the Dragon? You know drop, it's
1: a before. Do you know Enter the fall. Dragon's a diss track? I don't understand. Mr. Hand saying. is supposed to be Wong. Really? Are you sure? Why do you think he invites black and white guys and, and kills them at the end? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it's a diss track. But let's just go back here. There is an article that you could find it at kungfu.net. Okay. If you know who William Chen is, if you know who Dan and Santo is, I you know, know who and the and witnesses son. are, they all agree upon everything. There was no decisive winner. Okay. Okay? There's no decisive winner. The only thing I've ever
0: heard, though, was that Wong Jack, man, tapped or verbally said he tapped. From
1: Lisa Le- but the fighters who were in the room, she wasn't in the room, the high-level fighters said there was no decisive winner. But William Chen also says he noticed something. Mm. Let me give you an example. You are grappling with somebody and you're known as the iron hook assassin. And I'm watching a decent dangerous guy. And I lean over and I lean over at at my boy Deshaun. And I say, have you noticed that this fool is not using any of his iron hooks? Anybody else notice it? Why? Why do you think he's not using that? Somebody might say, well, he doesn't want to hurt him. Right. Wong Jackman, everybody agrees Wong Jackman didn't throw a kick in that fight. A guy who's known for his kicks. Okay. Interesting. Now, and you and I also know, back to another conversation, you know what's great about martial arts nowadays, especially jiu which I think jujitsu builds a competitive mind in a way that other martial arts don't. Okay. I go to your gym and I roll with you.
2: Right.
1: And maybe I submit you. Right. Maybe right on a a, a a maybe the day hell burns is, is okay. cold right right you're like cool let's go again let's go again right. 10 more times guess what i probably got submitted nine more times that's part of the culture right that is so percentage wise for me to go from if if i've understood right for me to go from white belt right. to orange belt or blue belt right, right. i need to choke out of the blue belt, 90% of the time. In the
0: old school ways, yeah. So it goes white, blue, purple, brown, black. Right. Right. So yeah, you got to be dominant. I
1: have to be dominant most of the time. Yeah. Okay. So the the conditioning and the programming is locked in. So for a fight to be effective, one fight ain't going to do it.
0: I'm going to acknowledge that in theory, that makes a lot of sense. But in those times and in real life, you may not get a second chance. True.
1: And so I will also say, and I am obviously a lineage guy. Right. When Wong's like, yo, let's run it back. Bruce is nowhere to be found.
0: Let's run it back. You the man. So you're suggesting that,
1: you're you're suggesting,
0: you're suggesting you're that right.
1: Wong wanted a rematch? I I will die on the hill over the fact that it's documented that he said let's run it back then. If you're the man, if you won, let's run it back, Bruce. <laughs> okay, yeah. That doesn't mean people should stop in enjoying what Bruce Lee is. You know, let me give you the best analogy. And who is Wong Jack Man though? For those that don't know, who is this guy who's making Bruce not want to? Wong Jack run Man is back? the grandmaster of Chinese martial arts who is sort of a child prodigy at three. Who by the time he was probably 17 had mastered like most of the styles mm-hmm. of the 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 Jingmo, which is like the Wu Tang clan of Chinese martial arts. Riz
0: is gonna love this episode. <laughs> I can't wait to send this to Riza. I,
1: I love the Riza. You you have saved my life so many times. is a good dude. And this is also why I love Adisa, because my boy Adisa invited me one day. He said, Man, you should come to this thing called the Gavin. You
0: should yeah. hand out your
1: tapes. And I came to the Gavin and I see these guys out front of the Gavin. I'm like, yo, you should buy this CD, shorty. I'm like, okay, I know I'm short, but don't call me. Yeah, that. why you gotta call me shorty? Shorty, C D, what is this? They're yeah. Like, yo, it's called enter it the Wu-Tang. And I'm like, yo, I'm in. I do Tai Chi. What is this? Yeah. That's, that's still, everything's over. That's still to my life one of those experiences where I get I, I appreciate that that's one of those skill sets that I get to be there when it starts. It's crazy, like, I, right? like, remember when I came, you were like, How's New Zealand? I was like, Watch for somebody named Israel. Adesanya. Man, he
0: was talking about Israel Adesanya <laughs> so early, though. Like so
1: I was trying early. To tell people, I guess that's. And my I superpower. was completely
0: clueless. I was I'm trying to clear tell now, people, homie,
1: that's my superpower. So going back to why Wong is important. Wong came to Oakland at a time when um, there was obviously, you know, pre-civil rights. There's a lot of oppression, and one of the things that um, he was one of the places that. African-Americans in particular could come to learn martial arts.
0: Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause the tape on you right there. Now, you know what everyone says. You know what the general history is. The general history I've says...
1: I've heard this. The general
0: history says that Bruce Lee's consistent teaching of whites and blacks, in particular, was one of the main reasons that Bay Area and Seattle chinese martial artists had problems with him because they were concerned that whites and blacks would basically use their arts against them so
1: let's ask some more questions are we claiming that wong changed his tune that wong was xenophobic and he got beat up so bad that he went and started let me just grab every dark-skinned person off the street probably not next one Let's say that's true. Let's say that every group is xenophobic because you and I remember when we were too light-skinned to do rap. Remember that? Remember that? <laughs> I was never too light-skinned. But you know you know what I'm getting at, right? You know what I'm getting at, like certain parties you'd go to, like, no, we're not letting any white people in. You're like, yeah, yeah really? Right? So we understand that each tribe, when they're building something, is a little suspicious. Right. But we can't confuse. That doesn't mean that this person took on those politics. So I you're say, saying
0: that Wong Jackman absolutely... Was not hating on African-Americans and whites in order.
1: I can die on the hill telling you that there are Vietnam vets who were learning martial arts and Kung Fu and Tai Chi in particular from Wong Jackman as therapy. Here in the Bay. Here in the Bay Area. I can tell you an unsolicited fact that my father was paying for my oldest brother to train with Wong Jackman. And that's where I learned my Kung Fu from in the backyard that you see right there. Damn.
0: I am in that tutor. backyard.
1: I literally I learned shingi in that backyard. Bagua, Northern Shaolin. Bagua, that's Riza's style. I didn't know Riza was. Well, I knew eight diagrams. I didn't know he knew bagua. Yeah, apparently bagua is real big in New York because of the Black Taoist and all those guys. I don't even know. I'm just telling you what uh, he told me. Well, well, I'll show you some. Yeah, but, yeah. but eight diagrams is bagua.
0: We got to we got to have. Did see- We got to go next time Riza comes to the bay. We got to hang, bro. I'm.
1: Sign me up Riza, stop
0: playing, bro. we got to kick it and we gonna, we going.
1: I know a secret that most people don't like to talk about, but Yo. I'm going to talk about it, Riza. I know that criminology was written in San Francisco, and I know that criminology is the hardest ghostface verse, and maybe the hardest verse in rap. Thank in you.: rap, Thank I'm, you, Riza. Listen. I'm, see, right now you're putting me on really Hey Riza, do you remember when you came to that high school in Berkeley and were freestyling with those kids? I'm done. Okay.
0: So, <laughs> listen, I'm saying though, like, like when you start talking about like maybe the hardest ever, cause then like, Bro. I'm going to suggest as an OG that any 16 from Rakim's lyrics of Fury is arguably the best. <gasps> that is almost a f- lyrically flawless track and production is really grimy. Lyrics of Fury by Rakim may be one of the hardest lyrical.
1: At the risk of getting us to reveal too much of our minds, Rakim never had any 85er stuff other than the way he dressed. Ghostface puts you in a place to let you know at the mindset that I was at, right? The mindset I was like. I can't, you know, whole different song, but the mindset I was at, junior junior, yeah, junior year of high school, Yeah, trying to get off probation. Right. I can't quote cope, cope with the pressure, s- settle in for lesser. The God left the lessons on my dresser, to go from that to throwing brothers off airplanes because cash rule, everything around me, black as you could see. And the way that he just landed on the one and then he hands it to Ray and Ray does the reverse flow. Yeah, man. Um, That's hard. But bringing it back to what you were saying, I think the most important factor of it was we will never know what really happened in that room to the best of the ability. The dialogue to try to be fair to both sides was, was tried to be captured in a narrative called birth of a dragon Right. that my school was involved in what and it, and part of it is being Hollywood and part of it was to be fair to Bruce too right MMA was born then and you notice you saw ultimately that Bruce's style right. changed after that fight right right Wong was already trying to blend styles that weren't supposed to get along cuz you got to go back and realize you know we think this East versus West, we invented this. Man, you go to China, man. Like Northern Shaolin doesn't get along with Southern Shaolin. Look at the movies. Right. And
0: it's very deep too because there's a book, I don't know if you read it, but I read it and I was really blown away by it. It's called Bruce Lee, A Life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Very, I think it's probably going to be the best book about Bruce Lee for a long yeah. time.
1: Here's the. But he
0: mentions, just real quick, yeah, yeah. what he mentions is that um, he lists a few people who right now I cannot name. Yeah. But- in that book, he 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 cites several different uh, regional clashes and other people who suggested the blending of styles before Bruce. Right. He does matter. I
1: agree. Her. Yeah. And that's yeah. and it was there. It's, you could yeah. see evidence of it. And I, I I grew up doing it. And that's why Sancho works. Right. The other thing I would argue is that Bruce Lee is the Bob Marley of Chinese martial arts. In that maybe not the best singer, but at the time he approached the world, he needed to punch a hole in reality right. and prove your stereotypes do not exist Right, and I need to bring something new to the table. Okay. So let's take the Bob Marley analogy. Right. Let's say that Bruce Lee is the Bob Marley of, of Chinese martial arts, but Wong Jackman is the Harry Belafonte.
0: Interesting. Interesting. And- There's all kinds of Bruce Lee fans right now
1: Oh, they're ready. Pulling they're going to kill. Oh, they're, they're really they're their hair I'm out.
0: ready. Just remember to hit him up at Cage Against on Instagram. And
1: if I'm wrong, at
0: Cage Against.
1: And if I'm wrong, until Tony Ferguson wins a belt, which I do actually believe he'll be the person to choke out Habib.
0: Wow, I can't believe you came on my show and said that.
1: I, I'll say that. I believe he'll choke you came out, out Habib. On my
0: show and you just said that. Blood.
1: Can wow. I see a Jeet Kwon Do person win a belt in UFC? No. Do you know how many tournaments and Sancho? You know where I'm going. How many Wong Jackman students are bodying people? Okay, I'm done. We're done with that combo. First of all. But both habib needed to happen. All day. You understand me?
0: I'm all not day. I'm not a all hater. Habib, bro. I'm not a hater, all but day, he, habib, here's bro.
1: what's the good news about it. I have never liked the villain versus hero stories of UFC. I've never enjoyed them. Yeah, they're pretty weird. I always like when I like they're both guys. They're bad for the culture. Like, like, I didn't hate the two guys who fought last week or two weeks ago. Right. I love Robert Whitaker.
0: I know. It was hard to see him get so punched that, like dude. that, right? I he love that dude. He got soul that, punched dude. by Adesanya.
1: Yes. But... It had to happen. But Izzy is from my wife's country, a country that adopted me. And I spent three weeks with Izzy. And I spent three weeks with Dan. And they're also... I'm like, hey, I'm a 40-plus-year-old handicapped guy, and I'm just trying to do some martial arts, so What's my body that? works. Yeah, I just want to go to the beginner's class. And they're like, no, you're going to come over on this side of the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's a different, and you could tell. I feel it. You could tell by the character of it. You could well, tell. Hold the, up,
0: bud. You distracted me from what yeah. you just said when you yeah. disrespected Habib. I'm not disrespecting. I'm just saying. You disrespected Habib. You have, dis- okay, let's it this you way. have dishonored, a.k.a. I'm trying
1: to talk like Bruce. I'm a Shaolin dishonor. monk. That's right. Exactly. <laughs>
0: you have disrespecting um, the Shaolin temple, but I'm not having it, bro. Habib all day. There's no- life, There is forever. not a human being stop on playing, this planet
1: bro. who has the ability to stop Habib's takedowns and keep him off. So, so if you accept that and you accept that nobody has the striking to keep him threatened because fundamentally the so-called best striker and Conor McGregor couldn't do it, what's left? You have to have somebody whose jiu-jitsu is superior. And I believe that is a snap Ferg. Eddie, Eddie Bravo's
0: ability yes. to groom killers yes. on the mat yes, is yes. not a questionable thing. Yes. Okay.
1: I think that Ferguson is the same type of crazy that Habib is, and that's why it's going to work. And that elevates the sport. It ele- It inspires our training the next morning to see that level.
0: So to listen, see, bro. I'ma just be real with you. To see the dog. boogeyman this
1: face is, off against the eagle. This it,
0: is not, this is not yes. this is okay. First of all, shout out to Eddie Bravo. You know I got love for you, dog. You know the song Jiu Jitsu that him and Raka did?
1: That was I my, don't that was, know it. That but, was my idea. Cool. Like, I literally called I know, Eddie you know, and
0: I called Raka.
1: and can I was you like, tell you tell Eddie, I want to take Eddie with me to to um, New Zealand. Because my okay. thought was if we were on a plane together, and as we flew on the right. plane and he saw that the world is round, we would He's have a different- He's com- flown around the
0: world, dog. I know. On this flat, on this flat gravity. I gotta
1: I, I gotta thing. be honest. His arguments with a, a certain other genius martial artist yeah. who has a podcast, Yeah. some of the best stuff ever Rogan. about this stuff. That's, yeah, that's him some and of Rogan the best stuff ever.
0: Hold on though. Listen, bro. Yes, listen listen. what I'm saying. I'm listening. If I'm being honest within my core yes. as someone who I observes- that. I love that. MMA, right? And loves jujitsu, is Muslim, so has a bias yes. on, on Habib's victories, right? I'm going to tell you like this Ferguson is probably the most dangerous person
1: for him to fight. The only, I would argue, right? the only. He's probably dangerous the most person. dangerous person. Well, only, to to no, let's be honest. Who has been a threat? Can we name one person that has actually made, let's put it this way. I would I would even argue that Habib has toned down. Do you remember when he first came to the UFC and he would suplex people? Like he was Taz from, from the from bro. WWE? He was really getting
0: people wrong.
1: So he toned down like, hmm Remember when he took down Michael Johnson and he's talking to him in the corner? Yeah. He's like, hey, I like you. I know you can't. Careful. Yeah. This is how injuries start. Dude. Come
0: on. So look though. So look though. I think. Tony Ferguson's weakness, bro, is his strength, and that is that he goes too hard. Yes. And I think that he's going to—I think that he wants to fight Habib so hard, he's going to overdo it. He's either going to overextend himself in his striking, or he's going to overcommit at a shot, and he's going to sleep.
1: Wow, that be— But that would be magical because everybody's building it up that we think it'll be his jujitsu. And if he gets knocked out by Habib, that would be poetic and beautiful. I'm saying, I'm saying that's that's a point toss on either That's what I love about the sport. That's what would be beautiful. Yeah. Um, Going back to your question. I know we just jump around. Somebody told me every time I get on a podcast, unless it's my own, I turn into Mr. Toad. It's all right. It's all right. So I started training. My dad would only let me do this. And he would only let me wrestle and he'd only let me do martial arts. And I think part of it was my older brother. Right. And then um, I just did it because, again, you know, you see Karate kids, you see Kung Fu movies. I think right. I was going to throw fireballs. And then sometime around when I was three, my parents divorced and my mom moved up to Sacramento or uh, a small country town outside of Sacramento in the north side called Fair Oaks. Okay. I
0: know and what Fair Oaks is. Shout out to Fair Oaks. Fair Oaks. Shout and out to Sactown. Debate every head back down.
1: And then uh, to put in perspective, in 1989, um, the Los Angeles Times estimated that Sacramento was the skinhead capital of the country. I remember when it was crazy like that. And so things changed. When I first got there. uh, And what
0: year was that? Because people don't really remember that.
1: uh, When I first got there, it was 1983. Yeah. It was grimy up there, bro. And it was just, they would call you a name. Yeah. And they told you which house is not, like, my neighbor's house you don't go near. Yeah. it's cool. Around 1989, guns started coming out. And I was like, people would, like, escort me out of parks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? People would put guns. And this is Northern California. Shotguns in my mouth and make me walk home. Um, and then in nine, 1990 is when I started getting beaten all the time. In Sac? In all Fair the, Oaks? Every day. If I left the house, so it's like- you're a teen, you're, you're a, a middle schooler. You want to meet girls. You right. want to ride by, you want Trying to be a kid. You it. want to be a kid and it's right. hot. Right. But it would, we'd have to do these things. Like there was this thing, my mom would call the dead hour between one and three.
2: Uh-huh. And we
1: just knew that when one in the afternoon when it had been hot, cause my mom was a criminologist. She, right. she had a PhD in it and she studied when crime happened. Right. She knew that violent crimes were happening in the time when people were in the sun and they'd been right. drinking. So like everybody's in the pool. I can't she go outside. Shut it down. Gotta lay on the floor and watch, you know, Right. Kung Fu movies or Star Wars, right? And then I would go out, and more and more, I just kept getting beat up, right? And um, one uh, day I got jumped really bad, and I got my jaw broken. And were these like,
0: for lack of a more too much of a clinical term, were these like validated skinheads, or were these just yeah, the yeah, no, white these folks were, that were doing no, no. Yeah. It
1: started as that. When it started, it was just very hateful
0: suburban kids.
1: Well, first of all, you have to rem- not even kids; it was their, it was their parents. Because oh. you have to remember, why did people move to Sacramento? They moved to Sacramento when to they integrated us they, to get away from Oakland us. Because Oakland used
0: to be called Africa USA, and that's because the original Marine World right was down in Mountain View. Yes, right, and they called marine, City, the original yeah. the original Marine World. The slogan was Africa, USA. USA. Yep. And back in the day, because Oakland was so black, they called it Africa, USA. USA.
1: And it used to be where Oracle is, if that yeah. just puts it in perspective. Um, and then, you know, many of them would come from the South. Many of the folks who were in Sacramento would come from the South. They were one generation from Jim Crow laws. Right. So their level of violence, this was every day. This was part of their, right. their, their looking for entertainment. And so once I got hospitalized... You got hospitalized? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was, and then I, and at the same time, I, when I got out of the hospital, what I was finding was the neighborhood kids who, the few neighborhood kids who were white, who meant well, whose parents meant well, did not come up from a culture where they learned how to stand and fight like we did here. Mm, they were more like, uh, I
0: don't want to say authentic pacifists, but they, they weren't no, self defense they, pacifists.
1: They were in denial. Okay. Let's put it this way. They didn't know how ugly the war was. They, they had thought they had gotten past that. We shall overcome. Right. And uh, the kids who were down to stand a fight were the Mexicans who had moved up there. Okay. The lotions. Yeah. The the Hmong. Yeah. The black kids. Yeah. And most of the black kids who were moving up, they had moved from LA.
0: Have you ever seen the movie Among B-Boys? It's about Hmong. No. I would love to see My that. My boy made it. Yeah, I would Shout love to meet that. Shout out
1: to Christopher Chen. I'll let you see mine. And I Sacramento, you know, there's a river. And yeah, the river yeah. was where it all went down. Right. And the Hmong ruled the river. Okay. So nobody nobody was messing with them because those dudes would fish with with spears they yeah, made out they of modern. bamboo. Yeah. But what I learned very quickly was the black dudes who moved from LA, Right. they all started bringing stuff that was similar to the movies we we're watching called Colors. And,
2: right, right, right. and they
1: talked a lot like that NWA album yeah, we kept yeah, listening yeah. to. You know where I'm going yeah, with this? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And so I got, you know, I think to quote at the time someone I used to listen to a lot of um, and he was around there at that time Paris yeah. you know the hate that hate me P-Dog right so I started getting very hateful and that elevated my training right because I was interested in, I took it to the next level I was no longer doing martial arts for a spiritual Jedi thing I was like I'm gonna put my hand I was the fist of the north star at that point not out right with deliberate ill intent I was also going to Berkeley High right and I was getting jumped. And so I remember distinctly, I always just tell this story. I remember well, who's being, jumping you at Berkeley high. Who doesn't jump people at inner city schools. Okay. I right. was what? Four foot nine for most of high school. Right. I was the target. And my dad being from the South civil rights guy, he's like, why are they jumping you? W- what did you say to them? Mm. He couldn't understand. It's not making sense. I'm like, sense. dad, I don't have shoes on right now. Do you understand? Right. I don't have a jacket. Do you get it? Right. They robbed me. Right. They're punking me. Right. My older brothers would try to explain this to my dad. What does punking mean? Rurr. And he's like, yo, he's little. So they're picking on him. Right. And my dad's attitude was like, you should run from a fight. Right. Because I think he, having had a family who faced off against the Ku Klux Klan in South Carolina, in Rosewood, Florida. Right. right. In Jupiter, Florida. Understood how real it could get. Shout out to Jupiter Jiu Jitsu. There's a Jupiter Jiu Jitsu? There is. I know the owner. We will go there together because my grandfather mm-hmm. started Jupiter, Florida. What? Yeah. Shout out to- uh, We will go there. Little Pat Mahoney out there, and black you know, belt. And you know, Jupiter That's is where- Mahoney. Well, we talked about this. Jupiter is where black zillions came from. Yeah. 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 That's the connection, right yeah, right? yeah. We're
0: going to Jupiter, man.
1: Um, yeah. So what started happening right around then as I started getting jumped and stuff would go down here- um, I started noticing because I was training, like nobody hit me as hard as my teachers and my right, brother. Right. And I started smacking people up a little bit more and right. I could connect the wrestling. And, and of course something fell into my life that I fell in love with when I was 15. One of my friends, a uh, shout out to, uh, John Brockoff, AKA Smurf. He brought me out to one of our rich friends, houses, Ian out in Pleasanton, mm-hmm. me and a bunch of us. And we're out there smoking, drinking, and they had gotten this pay-per-view because mm-hmm. they had the money in right. this nice mansion. and pay. They had this money. They had bought this thing, and it was called the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Right. And the idea was we were going to watch this tournament of a bunch of different martial artists and see who was going to win because everybody had been right, trained. Right. And I saw this tiny little dude in a gi Mop walk everybody. in there and choke them out. And I started understanding more and more, okay, you know, when you hit people long enough, they start covering up right. and then you could put your right. arm and you under can, and right. squeeze them out. And there right is. around that same time, shortly after he won, um, the Gracies appeared in Berkeley. Yeah. And my school and their school, you right. know, started training together. Right, right. Because we knew how to strike. Right. They knew how to grapple. Right. Um, and so my teacher, in fact, that I trained with now has actually spent, you know, has a, Pretty high level belt under Caesar. Okay, um, but I think the final connection from all that, you know, I went off and 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 went into which we talked about. It's probably all other podcasts went into the hip hop world. But I think the final connection when I started to realize is once I started getting knowledge itself was of doing the martial arts. I realized that the more important thing was to begin having dialogues. Right. So while I didn't know I wasn't mature enough, and I'm still full of a lot of hate. And radicalized and traumatized, I don't think I could stand in front of a skinhead and have a combo. Right. But I could talk to a dude and say, You could try to rob me, or I could feed you. Right. And then I started understanding, and those situations disappeared. Right. And I haven't been in an altercation with one of our own yeah, since I was a kid. Right. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: but I think a lot of it, that's really what kind of brought it in was that that level of street fighting and hip hop and all that all happened at the same time. Um, but i think once in my 19 20 year once i lost that hate i lost my appetite for hurting people Isn't and, it I remember, deep so oh yeah, and i remember how that happened oh yeah i remember i remember hurting somebody at a tournament and walking away yeah. and i always wonder if maybe somebody had cracked my jaw a little harder when i was younger right maybe i'd be a ufc champ right now yeah. cuz i'd still be full of the hate but i remember right. i remember you know i still am very haunted by um, I remember I was telling my wife this story about GSP finding that bully mm-hmm. that bullied him all his life. Mm-hmm. And when he finds him, mm-hmm. he wasn't looking for him, but he just knows he was right. homeless and he felt so bad. He gave the dude a job. So deep. Like I, so I still, because I am who I am, I still think about the people who did terrible things to me and I'm yeah. I don't want to get revenge. I, I hope they're okay. Yeah. I still think about the person I hurt at in a fight and I go, God. Yeah. I was trying to explain that to one of the guys I was training
0: last week. You know, I feel the same way. There was a guy that I choked out at a tournament when I was a blue belt and he had a seizure. I was yes. losing the match nine to zero. Yes. And I put the choke on him. He had the mount and then he he wouldn't get off. I don't think he knew how to defend the choke. Yeah. And he knew that there was just a little bit of time left in the match. Yes. So he didn't tap and then he went out. But I thought I killed him. I literally yeah. legit yes. thought I almost killed yes. him. And that really opened my eyes to the power of nonviolence because – when I got up, when you see yes. the video, I roll away from the guy, and I walk away while they start attending to him, and he's having a seizure. And people think that I'm being a hard ass, like, damn. Yes. He just, like, wrecked that fool and just walked off the mat. And what I was actually asking myself was, like, is this dude's family here, too? Because my son was there. Right. My ex-wife was holding my son. Yeah. And I was fighting to impress my son because he was crying one day. And I was like, oh, there's a tournament coming. We want to see dad fight? He was like, yeah, I want to dad fight. So yeah, I was like, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. and then I was like, Oh man, this dude's like messed up. I was wondering if his family's here. Right. And that was the beginning of my nonviolent path, you know, beginning in martial arts, yeah. you know? And I still wonder about that guy. Did yes. he quit training? Does he right. keep training? Is Does he okay? You know what I mean? Yeah. Does he have I mean, I'm sure he's fine. I feel like he's yes. fine. because most. But like, but what if he just stopped
1: doing jujitsu because of that? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And it's Sad. interesting. Um, I guess in purview, I took a 20 year break and we, I don't know if we've talked about this enough. We could probably go real deep on another episode, but um somehow, I let the life of doing shows right, touring the country right take me over at one time. I was really good at being the guy cracking the whip, like nope, right, right, but I think everybody falls. I think that was actually one of the things that really interested me uh another shout out to the RZA about how vision how- how like visceral and real he was about some of his journeys about right. some of the stuff going on in his life. Right? right. Um, you know, and I still have this argument. I feel like we could solve a lot of Kanye West's problem if we put him in a martial arts gym. I know. Right. I keep telling people, if you know <laughs> Kanye West, bring him to a bro. Yeah. Let me train
0: him. In jiu-jitsu and chess, teach yeah. him some meditation and yes. some yoga, bro. Yes. I promise you, yes. I will bring the Kanye we all love and miss back. But better than that, I will introduce him to the Kanye he's always wanted to know.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I promise you. I'd agree. I think. And in the sad part of it, Adisa, do you know how big of a UFC fan he was before his mom died?
0: Really? Yeah.
1: No, even, his even after his, death, mom, his mom's death, bro. Let's put it this way. his mom's death. Well, even let's put it this way. He was in the stands the night Conor McGregor became double champ was he there wow dude it's yeah go 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 google that he's not stupid i'm gonna look into that but i guess i would what happened you know is i got to a point where i transitioned myself out of hip-hop into working in tech and community development and uh i my parents got sick and then when i lost my father to alzheimer's in 2010 um yeah, it 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 disrupted me. I mean, I'd spent so much time taking care of him, but I got really sick. Right. And through a series of events, I found myself in a place where um I could barely walk. I couldn't lift my arms. I couldn't close my hands. What was the affliction? It was a cross-reference of it's like it's like the worst mixed martial arts ever, right? It was a right. cross-reference of a bunch of different stuff. Um I think I was deadlifting my father every day and putting him into a wheelchair, and taking mm-hmm. him to the hospital. And that took
0: a toll on your body, plus yeah, the emotional tore effects.
1: everything. Right. Right. On top of which, the place we were living had black mold. I would I skipped a year of sleep. Right. I was a chain smoker. I smoked about six packs a day. Wow. Uh, drank hella coffee. Didn't drink water god bless my wife for like trying to get that'll turn
0: into a lot of badness
1: yeah just kept talking to me but i wasn't hearing it and so i think when my dad died i crashed and then i inflated and then even by the time i quit smoking my body just didn't work right and um and then i think the final straw and i've talked about this in other places was uh one of the people who really became the soundtrack of me trying to take care of my parents was sean price
2: okay
1: and uh love sean i love sean
0: and, uh, I work out to like certain songs of his yes, on repeat. Like, for yes, like an yes. hour and a half, dog. One no, Wham- song. And he's got the songs like two and a half minutes long. I
1: have a soundtrack that I play on my way to go train. Yeah. And the very second song is the is you know Alpha Omega by that dude. Like the beginning of the ending. Come on. I there. love him for that. Um, he is the Thanos of hip-hop. Yeah, he is. Um But losing him. So what I believe—I've never got confirmation, but I know that he passed away in his sleep. I know they had a snoring problem. Yeah, and so, and I feel like God speaks in in ways. Right. So, him losing that in the same week that I was diagnosed with sleep apnea was deep, and realizing that I was 280 pounds—that's crazy. After quitting smoking, opened my eyes, and so I did a bunch of research. I I said I got to lose
0: 280 pounds. Yeah, man.
1: Did I show you those pictures? No. I'll give you pictures for the podcast. And this will come back to why yeah. we're in cage. And so I, uh, I did some research and I said, the number one way to fight this disease is I have to lose weight. And so I kept reading that running. Like I used to run when right. I wrestled and trained. So of I figured, okay, we're just going to run up the street. Right. Go up here, come down, right, go to right. Safeway, come back.
2: Right.
1: We start running up the street. My wife, who you've seen, is much right. shorter than me. She's juking me. Right. She is burning me. So we get up to the top of Claremont. I'm like... I'm a little bit competitive. I'm like, this is not okay. Right. So I start running to catch up. Right. I finally get up to her. And when I get to her, everything's hurting. Right. Like from that, like everything hurts. I'm in blinding pain. Right. And I'm like, something's wrong. And she's like, okay, we'll slow down then. Stop. Right, right, right. And you ever had that moment where you like tell your computer to print and it keeps saying it's going to print. Right, right.
2: But it's not. But just, it keeps right, adding right. up.
1: It's like, I kept saying stop legs. Legs didn't stop. Right. So I literally ran, couldn't stop, scrubbed like the greatest American hero, flew through a woman's fence and spilled hella hard to the point where the lady came out and was like, do I need to call an ambulance? And I'm just sitting there laughing hella hard. And right. my wife is trying like to talk to the lady, but she's laughing hella hard. Right. So that process taught me it was a great gift from God. when it taught me that it, something as simple as running, I'm taking for granted. Right. That if I don't invest in that,
2: what,
0: what can happen? My
1: legs will be taken from me. These other things will be taken right. from me. After, everything has to be earned. So then from there, I went over the next couple of days to get a massage block away. Right. And I come out and I'm leaning on my wife trying to drink a cup of coffee and I see my old martial arts teacher. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh man, I'm just trying to find a job, kind of rebuilding things. Right, right. It's kind of hard when you're handicapped. He's like, handicapped? It's all about I was like, well, I can't really walk without crudges. I can't move my hand. And he's like, you should come train. Right. It's like But I just told you. I just told you I can barely walk. And he just gives me a smile. I was like, come train. Right. I lost thirty pounds 90 days later. Wow. I was thinking different. Wow. By hanging out with all these kickboxers and MMA right. guys, the jujitsu dudes. The world was changing. I was eating different. I had confidence. And that's when I really said, We're gonna start a podcast about wellness and martial arts and the path out of a post hip hop thing because, and that's what it was about was, I got this machine I got to use to sleep. I got other people who got dialysis. Everybody's got a machine around them. right Every time we go to the hospital, it's a machine. right Cage against the machine. We're going to use elements of training for a fight that are going to change your life. I don't have to be an MMA fighter, but if I act like my average day is a fight, then my body changes. And that's where all these successes are coming from.
0: Dude, look, Thank you for coming on Bishop Chronicles, man. We're my long overdue. You back, I, I
1: you know what I'm saying? I deeply apologize it took so long, man. No, I'm just that such was a fan lot of me
0: too though cuz I'm an introvert and I be in the house, bro. <sighs> like once I get out of my work week, bro, I just be tucked in the cut. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, I, but
1: I'm guilty of that. But you know. for the 20 years that we were everywhere, Maybe you got to balance. Yeah, you got it. Gotta, you gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> the 20 right. years are right? like, hey, where's the party at? Oh, I'm yeah, going to be on yeah. stage tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, get me on yeah, that list. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we do another 20 years Wait, let's where let's sit home and not. read a book. Yeah. 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 Meditate. Let's, let's let's play Legos with our kid. Yeah, 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 real. yeah, yeah. No, I'm, that's real. That's okay. That's real. I think that's okay, and I think you get extra points for that. Word, so. man. Well, thank you. So, listen, you, tell brother. people where they can see you and hear you. So uh, you can find us at cageagainst.com. Uh We are also on YouTube, Cage Against. Uh, you can also find us on Anchor. Uh, Cage Against Round Zero is the show we do. We basically predict. Our show is uh, we show you how to watch a UFC fight. Uh, my I don't cl- understand
0: the actual game and not just look at the swinging and the kicking. And yeah, the half,
1: and even put in perspective. I don't know if a lot of people understand this, but um, you know, ninety percent of the UFC champions right now look like me and Adisa. And they're coming from Funny. black America. They're coming from Africa. Yeah. And we seem to be, and everybody uses our quotes in hip hop to sell their fights, but we don't watch that stuff. I talk to the average people in my family. There's a lot like, of
0: African Americans who still don't
1: really oh, watch. Oh, that's too violent. Talk. That's too violent. Let me what watch a bunch of guys. Care, bro. Let me watch a bunch of guys with uh, helmets crash into each other. Yeah. Or let me watch two girls fight in the parking lot in front of the club. Because yeah, that's acceptable. Um, and most or oh they don't really they don't really like black people they're racist really then why do twenty percent of the UFC owned by black or, people
0: or they be on some uh, oh they on the ground that's weak
1: that's weak right uh, I don't know if you know about fighting but that's where it's going to end up. <laughs> come on man that's what we gotta do the next show talk about all the mythologies of different martial arts
0: dude we're gonna do that
1: um, so yeah that's what we do on Cage Round Zero uh, we also uh, one of our co-hosts is uh, Adisa. So so he comes on, helps us understand what's going on with the the jujitsu. So you'll probably hear us there. All right, man. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Much love. Much love. Teacher, what style is that? Whole thing.